Hi, friendies! Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, as per usual. And uh, I think the most pressing thing we need to cover about, about Vanderpump Rules this week is the amount of <laughs> droning songs. Look, Vanderpump is amazing for the drivel, like background songs that they produce. But the one we got at the very opening and then later watching Ariana record. Look, I like I like what this song with James and Ariana turned out to be. It's fine. But watching her record is basically what this opening song was. Like something like you think you can do whatever you want without consequences like full vocal fry and monotone singing the whole time so good so good this is why I I watched this show half the time is just for the incredible songs that they obviously don't have to pay for or pay much for it just gives me life amazing Anywho, so, um, well, I guess I've just jumped straight into it. I just watched it, so I'm, like, really eager to go. I'm a little bit behind this week because we had Beverly Hills as well, so I did the special podcast for that. Um, so that was kind of my main priority this week, just personally to watch it and then to get the information, the very important breakdown out to you guys and gals. So, yeah, that's why it's taken me a little bit longer. Plus, you know, I've been really sick and you can maybe still hear it in my voice. But I finally got some antibiotics into my veins. So I'm starting to feel a little bit more human, although still not a hundo P there, which sucks. But, you know, we're getting there. Um, Just quietly, I have no idea if I am just getting used to... Jackie, James's mum's face, um, looking like a crack whore, or if because I watch too much 60 Days In and Love After Lockup, I'm just used to seeing actual meth addicts and the goddess <laughs> um, herself, Tracy, and people without teeth and, you know, like sunken faces so maybe she's looking better to me or maybe the non-drinking is actually helping um but yeah whole range of susness going on in Jackie's world I guess we'll get to it let's go from top to batus um so we've got Lala Kristen and Ariana doing brunch um Just Lala looks just gorgeous when she doesn't have like five layers of fake eyelashes on. Oh no. I've just had a really, you know how sometimes a really strange thing triggers a memory? I've just had that happen. I don't get deja vu, but I get these like flashbacks to dreams. I don't know why the eyelashes are involved, but somehow that triggered a memory. I woke up. I know hearing about other people's dreams are so awful. I woke up clutching my side because I just had a dream that I'd been stabbed. (laughs) Oh, and it was by, it was by like crazy cartel meth heads as well. (coughs) What a world. Yeah, I've been watching way too much gore on TV. Plus I started rewatching Breaking Bad, so that's not helping. 
Mm. And I was also having kind of like the fever sweats. So all of these things combined, yeah, it's probably not surprising that I had this terrible dream where I got stabbed to death and we got crushed into, it's all coming back to me. We're driving a car. We all got crushed into um, this big like tin can that was meant to be full of sausage meat, but it ended up being full of our guts. So that's cute. Anyway, Lala, Kristen and Ariana at brunch. <clears throat> Lala looks so lovely. Yeah, keep it simple on the makeup. Like, obviously she's still wearing foundation and everything, but just like relaxing on the eyes, it just looks so, just so lovely. And then when we crossed her hair and the talking heads, it was like, oh, and she's wearing that bondage top and stuff. I don't know. It just, she can look so just uh, angelic and sweet, or she can just look like this trash bag that she'd be on the street corner. So I don't know that, that, that was like quite confronting to me. So Kristen, this whole episode is basically talking about the fact that she's constantly fighting with Carter. Um, First of all, Carter seems lovely. We don't know him that well, even though he's been around on the periphery for a while. But, I mean, long story short, he's in a relationship with Kristen. And there's going to be fights. That's kind of her MO. So, I don't know. She was just like, I don't know, it's like fine, but she's just causing drama because she's bored. There you go. Close, chapter, done, move on. Um, Lala stopped drinking and we learn finally why. <laughs> Fucking hell. <coughs> it's kind of reminiscent of Katie falling through, um, what's it called? A, a sunroof. And now we have to honor her with praise because she's got like this giant gash on her face. I mean, Clearly bitch was drunk as a kite and fell through a fucking roof. I don't, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to praise B someone for that. Like move over. And so same kind of thing with Lala, except Lala's learned her lesson and decided to stop drinking, but she's still very happy to encourage all of her, the alcoholic tendencies in her friends. Of course, sorry, in her bitches, as she said. Um, yeah, so apparently she got shit-faced with Rand. I hate that nickname, Rand. <laughs> um, and ran naked through the house, breaking a hurricane-proof glass window. Okay, okay, yeah, cool, cute, cute, cute. I, look, I don't mind a tipple, but I have never fallen through a skylight and I have never ran through broken, like, ran through glass so these girls are getting like white girl wasted, naked wasted. Actually, technically white and naked girl wasted in Lala's in Lala's um case. <coughs> I don't know. I just yeah, I don't know. It's kinda like um Jack's last week continually offering James cocktails. It's like, no, stop offering alcoholics alcohol. That's the one rule. There's only one. That's the one. <laughs> like, fucking hell, it's not that hard. Oh, we start having a little squizzle around um, venues, or we get to see the one venue for the, well, I guess it's for an engagement party. I, I'm i really not into any of this stuff. I'm not into weddings. I'm not into, like, I love, like, love is beautiful, right? Love is great. But... I'm not into 
and I like celebrations. So I don't know why I don't. I hate weddings. I hate baby showers. I hate celebrating anything around that kind of stuff. It just is actually just boring to me. And yes, I'm a bitter old hag. It has been established, but it's just not my, not my bag. So I don't know. Brittany's making me a bit nervous with all of her completely over the top love sickness and fairy tales and talking about fairies and then the talking heads. She's got these like curls t- like just draped down her shoulders as if she were in a fairy tale herself and it's just all too much for me I mean we've already seen how far she can fall so it just feels like it's been such a rapid climb back up to this over the top place of ecstatic happiness that it's just not going to end well it I mean they really are, and we see this later when they're in therapy, in the couple's therapy, with that lovely therapist that talk, talks with a little bit of a lisp, and I love it. She kind of sounds like Jackie from um, um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. I love that kind of, like, tiny little lisp that comes through sometimes in people. Um, but, yeah, no, we see in, in their couple's therapy that they have just buried their heads in the sand. Well, Jax has, and Brittany's not able to process it because she's a people pleaser. And if Jax says, I don't want to talk about it, you're stretching me out, then she'll just go, oh, okay, okay, it's fine. But she's unable to process all of the hurt and heartbreak that she was put through. So it's going to end in tears. Just on that therapy, I thought Jax was really... (laughs) was really funny because he's like I'm not tense and like every muscle in his neck is pulsating and veins are just bursting out his eyes twitching oh so bad yeah so no poor poor Brittany because it's just yeah it's not gonna be easy for for them to recover their relationship going forward but I think she's in like that wedding planning bliss stage that I guess women get when they're in love. <laughs> I can't relate. <clears throat> oh my god. Oh, Jamesy, I just feel for him so much. Um, he's sending his mum two hundred dollars every other day. Oh, the poor little thing. Like, first of all, how? Like, where is he getting this money from? Because. I guess now it's eating into his savings because he's not unable to work, but I don't, don't know how much they get paid for Vanderpump Rules. I mean, if we're just going off their apartments and stuff, it's not a hell of a lot, but I know they spend a lot of money, like all the cast, on um, just boozing and, you know, like brunches and all that other shit. So maybe they do get paid well, but still... It's really, it's really hard to see this young guy, 25 years old, supporting both his mum and his dad and his three brothers. Oh my God. Even the therapist was like, what the fuck? I really found that. I find that's just so hard to watch. And I was sad this week as well because him and Raquel Raxi on Instagram were posting all these gorgeous loved up photos. They were obviously celebrating Valentine's Day. But in each of the photos I saw, he had like a glass. He didn't look drunk or anything, not at all. But he had a glass of champagne or beer in his hand both times in a couple of photos I saw. And I was just like, oh, no. 
even if it's just he's allowing himself a sip, I think it's too soon, you know, and uh, I'm just a bit worried that it's going to be another slippery slope for him. So, yeah, I don't know. Just um, thoughts and prayers, Jamesy, thoughts and prayers. But, yeah, that was just horrible when he met up with his mum, even when he was just out of the therapist's office and he left a message saying, oh, we need to meet up, meet up and talk. And, you know, it was quiet. You, we, you know, you've got some things that I've got some things that I want you to hear. It, he was he's trying to approach it the right way. He's not drinking. He's doing therapy. He's still like he's trying to look after his parents, but also look after himself because you can't look after anyone if you don't look after yourself first. Have we learned nothing from putting on oxygen masks on a plane? But it's just not happening for him. So his um, crack whore mum arrives at the house. I'm so rude. I'm sorry. But her face is like melting off her body. So something's going on there. Plus the $200 every couple of day thing is so dodgy. I mean, I don't know how much it costs in America, but that is a dodge-erific amount. Like, she's using that. That's not alcohol money, unless she is a severe alcoholic, but we would see her, like, hungover. That's drug money. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's drug money. I'm just, like, she's not drinking. That's why she's looking a little bit fresher, but... She's basically just, in my humblest of opinions, like what has come out about Lala this week. If if you're, f- <laughs> so I'm like deep diving on Lala's not drinking, and she when she talks about it, she says, um, I'm. Oh, she says it in a way that it kind of indicates that she's not drinking alcohol, but they're one hundred percent like. <laughs> just abusing cocaine. I mean, all you have to do is look in their eyes and you can assume this is all gossip and alleged isms coming from my mouth. So, you know, don't believe everything. If you were to quote my grandfather, don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. And he was a smart man. He was a judge. So, um, yeah, basically, you can just assume that everything I'm saying is made up, but it's from what I'm witnessing as a recovering addict myself. So I sort of know what to look for, and it's Dodgertopia on all platforms. James's mum, super suspicious, and all these girls. Yeah, no, I'm not. I just, I don't know. Calm your farm, ladies, because if. If we keep up, if Lala keeps up at this pace, if Kristen keeps up at this pace, all of these bitches are going to end up looking like James's mum in 10 years. And nobody wants that. I don't want that on my TV. They don't want that in their mirrors. I mean, they're already very self-obsessed. Look at the lip sizes growing year by year. No, we don't want that for, we don't want that for you. You can do better for yourselves. (laughs) Oh man, I don't know. I find it different with the girls. I'm more judgmental with the girls and the addictive tendencies than with James because with James, yeah, he goes further, but or he goes to a darker place. But he, 
you can tell he drinks and uses to cover his pain. Like that's his coping mechanism. It's not a good coping mechanism, but that's what he's learnt, right? And the girls just do it because they're bored and they have too much money and not enough sense. And so I have less um, sympathy for them, I guess. Um, that was all really super rude and I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. So yeah, I found, I found the meeting with James's mum. Like I was anxious as she was walking in. She looked like ready that she knew something was going to go down and her face when he says he had two simple requests. Please don't talk to me about my father, I guess, because anytime they speak about his dad, it goes into a negative place and he doesn't want to hear bad things about his dad. Isn't that like one oh like 101 in parenting when you get a divorce? Even I know that and I don't have a relationship and I'm not divorced. Like my parents aren't divorced. That's like rule 101. Don't talk bad about the other parent to the child. Um, it's toxic. And so his other little request, and she was just like, all grumpy. And his second request was to know where the money is going. Like if, and that, oh my God, her face, she, like, he has a right to know if he's giving her $200 every couple days, he has a right to know where that money's going to. And that pushed her. She lost it. In typical guilt-tripping, manipulative fashion, she starts going at him. You think I'm a bad mother? You took your fucking first steps in Tiffany's. Did you not have Burberry? Naming all these fucking brands like we don't... Like we like you're supposed to be raised on fucking a Burberry handbag or some shit. I mean, come on. We all know better than that. And she was just, like, trying to manipulate him so much just by talking louder. It's a very Teresa, Judice, Judici kind of way of fighting just by screaming louder and more aggressively that you think you're going to be able to get through to somebody or win. Um, But this is your son. You don't need to win. You need to listen. (sighs) So that made me really uncomfortable. I don't know that James is going to get his wish there. And you can just see when he broke down during the interview for Harry, his little brother. So now his mum's freaking out. She doesn't know where, how she's going to buy her crack on the sly because she cannot tell James where the money's going. So now she has to get her other son a job um, through Lisa Vanderpump because there's no other places to work uh, in LA. Of course not. So she tries to get Harry an interview. He does the interview doesn't go great, not because of Harry, because of because Guillermo is grumpy at James and um you know, James is in this place where he's so incredibly emotionally exhausted and overwhelmed and just like he's just he said it himself. He's like, I'm just so sad. Like I can't stop crying. I'm crying every day. If you've ever been in that place, it's just because you like every little thing is just too much, you know, like, and if you put a little bit of hope into something like, or maybe my little brother can get this job because that'll take some of the pressure off me. It doesn't go to plan and another disappointment. And like, it just, everything just adds to the equation. So of course he's feeling that heaviness in his heart and he is just crying constantly. I so get it and I feel for him, but Harry, get a job somewhere else. 
Work at a froyo place, somewhere nice where there's not alcohol around because when he walked in with that nice little button-up shirt, all sweet with those big chompers, I was like, oh, Harry, you're too good for sir. Get out of there before it's too late. I thought it was really rude that the mum asked Lisa for a job as well. I don't know, maybe it's some it's some other weird kind of like I mentioned in the Beverly Hills podcast a few days ago, that there was just some weird, like, mafia bullshit going on between Lisa, PK, and Dorit because she just lets him get, lets Dorit get away with anything, whereas Kyle doesn't get that same privilege. So, I don't know, maybe this is a similar situation where it's just like... There's something, there's something, some kind of responsibility that Lisa's feeling or something held over her head that she has to just, she can't just abandon this person. So even though it's more beneficial to her business to let this family go, I don't know, maybe it's just being a good person, but uh, has a bit more, I don't know, everything Lisa does has more of an edge to it to me than that although we are seeing her soften over the years I think she is a beautiful person has a good heart I really I do love her I think she's a great housewife but I can't get past what Kyle said about you know the was it the chess I don't know the name it was a famous chess player or like what is it oh my god I'm so you're gonna like get so mad at me no it wasn't chess either was it it was like some gambling game like always having the cards I want to say Bobby (laughs) fuck I'm so annoying I'm sorry but you know she always plays her cards right and she has them close to her chest and Bobby Fisher yes I got there I'm so so happy (laughs) I'm sure you're all just like yelling it at me I got it it came through the wavelengths thank you so there yeah there is I can't just can't let that little bit of something else go um anyway let's move along because I'm kind of stuck on that a little bit so we get the PB and J to Solvang I mean this was just obnoxious I'm really over Lala this whole like screaming about the champagne on board and being like oh fucking this is just what daddy does for his little baby like I I said this last time I don't want to hear about your sexual like fetishes in a public setting and she's pretending that this is um like we don't know and it's actually infuriating me because like I was kind of thinking, oh, what what does Randall think of her saying obnoxious bullshit like, woo, we're on a PJ and none of us pay for it. Or saying fucking, if I wasn't with Randall, would I be, would I be flying private? Um, probably just with another guy. <laughs> it literally made me dry heave. That's just so gross. Gross, gross, gross. I don't like it. And I used to have a lot of respect for her and it's just all gone out the window. Um, and I, yeah, it's just like, I don't care, whatever. If you want a sugar daddy, fine. You want to be a little sugar baby, fine. You do you. But to be so, so disgustingly obnoxious about it and really have no respect whatsoever, I can't, I can't, 
I don't know, I can't relate to it. I have no sim I have like I just can't connect to it. I really just think it's gross. Um Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's ugh, just keep it between yourselves. I don't know. It's just really it's I just find it really off putting. And then Bloody Katie said it perfectly when she's like, oh, I used to think, I think this is what it really, really gets me. She's like, oh, I used to think that Lala was just like some ratchet um, gold digger. And I'm like, yes, tick. And then she's like, yeah, but you know, then I got to experience her ratchet gold diggerness by going in the PJ myself. And like, now I'm into it. So... Oh, I hate these girls so much. It is really one of those things, like, I love to hate them. Like, you just love to watch watch them because I'm so fortunate that I don't know any anyone like this in real life. So it's just, like, this otherworldly experience when I get to watch it. Oh, dear God. Of course, we arrive and no one wants to share a room with Sheena. I felt so bad for her. Um, I mean, I would if I didn't have a black tar heart. But people, like, someone's willing to stay with Kristen and no one's willing to stay with Sheena. Oh, that's a kick in the tit. I'm sorry. That's, that's poor little Sheensville. Like, yeah, she's so annoying but at least she's not Kristen Kristen is not just annoying and rude and horrible but she's also aggressive and she's a terrible manipulative angry drunk so at least Sheen is just irritating (laughs) I don't know maybe I should spend a room with each of them and oh no it'd be like some kind of sore challenge just like to cut off my own foot just to escape. That's a bad idea. Anyway, Kristen was really bothering me. I've literally written, Kristen is a see you next Tuesday. Throwback to James. So she's just like, yeah, I am who I am. I'm like, yeah, you're a wank dick. Like, please sit down. Nobody wants you here. You do, you're basically uninvited to all the events. Lisa doesn't want you on the show anymore. She's like, Lisa just has to accept that I'm part of the Sir family. No, we don't need to accept that. This is Lisa's show. Please leave. <laughs> Please go away. Ugh, so rude. To be at a wine of wine tasting, like that's the entire event, and to be bagging out the wine. Okay, sure. Everyone knows you're not going to like every single wine at a wine tasting, but to say to the sommelier, Merlot is the basic batch of wine. It's just fucking rude. Even Katie, who was usually like your only, the only person who's got your back, was head in hands, face palming. <sighs> Kristen is literally like two years away from growing up into Jackie, James's mum. I'm not even joking. It's going to happen. Oh, side note. <laughs> so... Why is Lala wearing a silk or satin robe to walk down the streets? She literally looks like she's in her PJs. In her PJs in the PJ. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? So bizarro land. Oh, Lala. I just, yeah, I'm not, um, I'm not coping with her to be, to be perfectly honest. 
What else? Have I missed anything? Oh, we had um, Ariana's song. I kind of briefly mentioned it at the start. It's like, I think I need you. Understand. I mean, James must be a fucking master producer because what we heard had literally no life in it whatsoever and he made it sound half decent. So, you know what? You go, James. You can do it. I Look, and no shade. Like, I I mean, obviously, lots of shade. That's the podcast. <laughs> there would be no podcast if it wasn't just me talking shade into a microphone. But, look, I make shitty music too. I like to make music. I like to make, like, you know, uh, sometimes I, I, I like to think it's good, but sometimes it's shit. Like, it's just, it's just what happens, you know? So it's great fun. Everyone needs an outlet. Everyone needs creativity in their lives. Go for it. But I'm going to make fun of you for it because <laughs> that's what my crea- creative outlet has become. Please. Next week. Because I am, you know, talking way too much shit about these terrible people. And it's, you know, it's, help- it's cathartic. It helps me. But maybe, <laughs> I don't know what it's like for you guys. Maybe it's just like, God, this girl is such a bitch. And you're not wrong. Next week, for some reason, um, Sheena decides that all of a sudden she doesn't want to talk about her sex life with Adam. I'm confused. And we have Kristen being a drunk bitch. So, you know what? Everything's as it should be. Okay, so now I'm going to get into a little bit of um, Real Housewives. Okay, kiddlywinks. So just before I get into the finale of New Joys, um, let's just go through a few little um, updates, I guess. So you've probably seen the rumours flying around that Vicky Gumbleson has been demoted to friend of on Real Housewives of OC. I pray to baby Jesus that this isn't true. Um... I know, like, OC's been pretty lame the last few years, and I know that we do need a shake-up in the cast, and they tried to do that with Gina and Emily, and it just kind of hasn't worked, but I don't know. I'm so torn about this, because I feel like Vicky really does kind of draw, tries to draw all of the attention to her, and she's, like, a real, I don't know, like, she kind of is an energy vampire, <laughs> like a joy vampire. Uh, but at the same time, she's the original housewife. She's the OG from the OC. She's, it just seems like it's just, she's like the one person that's hung on for all of this time. And it just would, it just, I don't know a Bravo world without her being uh, a housewife. And I just, I mean, I mean, there's also rumors that she's not even going to be a friend of, like she won't even come back at all. So I'm really struggling with this information. Um, I just needed to talk to someone about that, I guess, because I don't know, like, I know it will change things and the dynamic and, you know, there'll be like the whole, Shannon, Tamra, and Vicky little gang will change. The Trace Amigas. 
I don't know. I mean, it probably will be less segregating, but I like that it's hard because they've brought in these two younger girls and those three are like the older generation. And I like that. I like seeing the older generation represented on, on my screen. And, you know, we have enough, I mean, the young girls, what's their name? Bloody, um, Gina is 36. And Vicky said it herself last season. That's the same age as Brianna, her daughter. Like, that's how old the ki- the kids, in inverted commas, on Vanderpump Rules are now. I mean, she's too young. I don't think we should have anyone on Real Housewives that's under 40. And I prefer them older. You know, like, late 40s into their 50s and 60s. I mean, look at Ramona Singer. Look at bloody um, Vicky and Tamra. Like, they are just... Eight, maturing like a fine wine. And when I say that, I mean they are fucking mental. And I need I need more of it. I like I just love it. The younger ones, when they come onto Housewives, it's like they have <laughs> they still have like they they're just like still got too much self-respect and they're holding back too much. And when you've been on TV for ten years as a real housewife you've kind of seen and done it all and so you've just like you can let yourself go and not worry about what you say you can fake cancer you can you know get facelifts on tv I just I that's the kind of stuff that I live for I don't need people trying to hide divorces and have invisible husbands and you know, like, I don't want to see little kids running around crying. Like, seriously, that shit pisses me off. I, like, grown-up kids, like the Briannas of the world, I don't need five kids under five screaming and crying like we just had um, in New Jersey this week with bloody Jennifer. Like, that stuff is exhausting for me and it doesn't help my escapism. So, yeah, I don't know. How do you guys all feel about that Vicky demotion? A lot of people are all for it and um, on the socials. They're very much in support of letting her go. But I know it just feels like an end of an era to me that I'm not quite ready for. Um, as Also, I we got the release this week of the New York taglines. So I thought I'd go through them um, and we can just see what's to come, get a little bit of excitement churning. So <laughs> we've got Luanne Deleceps, the Countess, saying, I plead guilty to being fabulous. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh my God. If Luanne is good at anything, it's making a comeback and laughing at herself. Fabulosity, I'm in. Ramona Singer, one of my fave housewives of all time. The only thing I'll settle for is more. <laughs> yes, brilliant girl. These are good ones. Sonja, Sonja Morgs. Um, people call me over the top, but lately I prefer being a bottom. Ah! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Oh my god, that's like the best tagline ever. <laughs> I love it. On Valentine's Day, I ta- 
<laughs> I saw this clip of Sonia. She obviously like did. She filmed like this two second. It wasn't a boomerang, but it was kind of like a few, just a few second video on on Instagram. She posted it, and it's just her. Um, in lingerie, very slowly whipping herself with, I think f- from memory, I, I watched it like five times because I was just like, what is happening? There was like a love heart, I think on the end of her leather, like tacky leather whip. <laughs> it was so bad. And that is just perfect for her. People call me over the top, but lately I prefer being a bottom. <laughs> Oh, gross. <laughs> it sounds like she's a gay boy. I mean, she kind of is. And just she just happens to have a vagina. But she's a... Yeah, that's amazing. Tinsley, who knew she'd make it this long? Good on her. First season she was in, I was like, no, one and done. But she's hung around and you know what? Why not? Now I'm kind of into the crazy show. Game, set, now I need a match. What? Game set, now I need a match. I don't get it. Someone explain me. You explain to me? Bethany Franks. When life gives me limes, oh, I make margaritas. Hmm. Did you see on the socials this week, Bethany was um tweeting about how the most important thing out of the Beverly Hills premiere this week was <laughs> to pay attention to the visor. <laughs> that Dorit was wearing oh she's like if I like she's like I need it I need nothing but I need that visor in my life see I actually liked it too but I don't know if she was being sarcastic or not because I feel a bit embarrassed saying that I liked it because everybody that I've spoken to or seen on social media is like that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen and look it's disgusting it costs $350 but I also want seven in different colors And finally, we've got Dorinda Medley. If you've got a problem with me, it's your problem. I don't have a good Dorinda voice. You've got to kind of sound like you've got a cold, which I should be able to do right now. If you've got a problem with me, (laughs) sounds like Kim at the Frog. It's your problem. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, I'm intrigued. Let's just have to see what we'll just have to see how it all unravels. Um... And finally, last little bit of goss before I get into New Jersey. Um, I'm sure everyone saw the gorgeous photos of the photo shoot Andy did with his little bugalug, Ben Allen, Benjamin Allen Cohen, um, on social media this week uh, for Peter, Peter, People Magazine. But they are just so sweet. So if you haven't seen them yet, Googs right now. It's just absolutely gorgeous. I actually posted um a couple of the photos on my Instagram, so you can look through there as well. At Reality TV and Me is the handle on Insta. There's a really really gorgeous one where the little baby's made this little fist and got is resting its head on its fist and it's sleeping, and Andy's copying him doing the same, and it is just like. My ovaries literally had a meltdown. It was just so beautiful. And I'm not even into parenthood. And I, even I, even it melted my cold, dead heart. So I was like, oh my goodness, I need 15 of those babies now. 
and it's got this gorgeous little foot full head of hair and I don't know if it's the lighting or what but it almost looks like he's graying like he's got a couple of little gray hairs and next to Andy's full-blown salt and pepper it's just the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life and side note that no one cares about but is fascinating to me is that his son's name is Ben Benjamin and my brother's name is Ben Benjamin and he looks so much like my brother as a little baby I've got to do like a side by side I've been thinking about it so often and my brother's not into reality tv well not this kind of reality tv anyway and he just doesn't care at all but I've been spamming him with photos of Benjamin Allen Cohen like on a daily basis just be like oh my god look it's you and his name's Ben (laughs) he's like that's nice (laughs) go tell go tell your little friends on the podcast why are you talking to me (laughs) yeah so super coyote bugs anyway let's get into the New Jersey finale because good times were had excuse me I just need a pause because I need to cough bing 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 and I'm back see you didn't even notice what a world what a life so we start in my dress shopping um and the only thing I could think the whole time was why are we buying like my super sweet 16 prom dresses which which blew my mind later when even um Jennifer was like yeah when she was wearing that hideous dress that apparently was made just for her even though it did not fit her shape and it was made out of that tacky satin shit that everyone was wearing at my graduation in 2006 as they're like prom dresses I mean gross but look who am I to judge except that that's my entire podcast and she was wearing a tiara and look anytime someone's wearing a tiara or a crown or a headpiece that is like what she was wearing I'm it will take a rarity for me to be into it unless you're like Beyonce or Rihanna and you can do whatever fuck you want I I I'm not here for it I'm sorry but even she said yeah I look like I look I feel like it's my super sweet 16 I'm like yeah that's because of your choice in dress girl bye but apparently it's all like this 16 theme because it's the 16 you know sweet 16 kind style prom dresses um that everyone seems to be wearing the same as like watching Danielle and Teresa shopping their dresses were very much super sweet 16 tacky um rhinestone-esque shit I thought Melissa looked gorgeous but that's because her dress was barely even like a ball gown it was kind of more a summer dress and didn't really stick to the red theme which all power to her it looked it she was the best dress that night um Dolores was like rocking some kind of sparkly sequiny number which was super tacky and looked like she was gonna go on Dancing with the Stars but I was actually here for it and I loved it I don't know I used to be so bored of Dolores and now she can almost do no wrong in my eyes so yeah I don't know I liked it and I think just like with her kind of caramel skin tone and those bosoms 
I mean, she just, I thought she looked fabulosity. But anyway, um, and then the other 16s, well, originally, obviously, it was for their 16th year anniversary of being married, which um, I was going to say Kyle's daughter, Portia, but it wasn't. It was because that's not the right show. It was Teresa's daughter, Melania. I think it was Melania um, saying, wait, so do people actually have parties to like a 16 year anniversary? Don't you just want to spend time at home with your husband? And (laughs) at first I was like, yeah, you know, you called it girl. But then Teresa was just like, wow, she spent 16 years with him. She probably wants to hang out with somebody else. I was like, you know what? I can understand that too. (laughs) Both valid points. And then later, I can't remember who it was. Somebody's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to count and see if there's 16 bathrooms because that's what she's been promoting this whole time. So good. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we start everyone choosing their, their outfits for the night. Jackie then takes her mum to the hairdresser. This was a weird, like, I just felt so odd about this scene. So first of all, the hairdresser's name is Wave. I just don't know what to make of that. And then Jackie's face, when her mum says, like, point blank, you know, my physical appearance has never really made me feel any different about myself. She's like, I care about my kids and my family and basically just saying I care about bigger things than what I look like. And Jackie's like, well, I'm going to change that and I'm going to make you just as self-loathing as the rest of us bitches. Gets her hair done, makeup done. Of course, she looked amazing. She looked great. Um, but I just kind of think it's a bit of a strain. It was just a strange thing to, to do. Like her mum is, her mum felt good about herself, obviously, but I mean, the lesson here should have been her mum imparting that knowledge on Jackie being like, look, there are more important things in life than getting your hair did. Uh, because Jackie, I think has three or four kids and her mom's just like, well, you know, I had more important things to do. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Jackie being like, oh, okay. She's like, mm-hmm. And slaps another layer of makeup on her mom. Poor moms. They do, they do so well and try so hard. And yet we're just shitty little daughters. I know, I know. I'm a brat too. Obviously, that's why I do this show, to try and let some of my brat out. We see, um, we get together with Marge and her gorgeous husband, Joe. He's so sweet, and I just fell more and more in love with him this episode. And we get together with Brett, the stepson. I mean, I really don't know. I feel like I can't really judge this situation, because family shit is always so complex. It's so hard to know like what's going on. I have seen situations in my own life and I'm sure you have too, where you hear both sides of the story and they make perfect sense from either side, but there's just no way the other person is ever going to be turned around to like some, some situations people are just never going to see eye to eye. They have different like reactions to whatever happened and it's just all too deep and too complex and You know, it's very rarely just one thing that's happened in these kinds of situations. It's like a spot, like the, 
I was going to say a spider web, but it's even more like, you know, whatever we think is going on, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So I'm trying not to, I feel like it's hard to make a judgment on that, especially because we're not that involved in Marge's ex's stepson's life. Like it's all just a bit weird. But I was happy to hear that the charity event raised 25 grand. Yay, Marguerite. Um, yeah, so then we end up at dinner with Jennifer and the family. And this is basically like my nightmare. This, look, I'm like very, I can be social, but only on my, upon my choosing. I much prefer to like be alone. I'm very, I'm quite, I'm kind of a, like a loner. <laughs> And I like going out and stuff, but I have a time limit on it. And I don't know, I sort of like, if I go out, it's like once in a while and I lose my shit. But then most of the time I like to hibernate inside, generally in my bed alone. And I just, this kind of thing, like going out to dinner with 17 children who are all crying, people are screaming, husbands like not really jumping in. It just, this is my idea of hell. And I'm sure if you're a mom listening to this and you have kids, like you don't want to, you're not watching these shows because you want to see your real life, you know, like nobody needs that. We want escapism. Get rid of the little kids. (laughs) Keep them at home. Get a babysitter. This is my, this is my time to relax. Honestly, I could have skipped over it. I sound so harsh, but it's just, I don't know, it's too much for me. But honestly, Jennifer has been waiting her whole life for this moment to be a television star. And it's kind of like the way her husband is looking at her. It's as if he's seeing her TV persona for the first time and he didn't know this side of her existed. And it looks like he's conflicted about how to... Like, he hates, he hates this person that she becomes in front of the camera. And, uh, it's quite obvious. (laughs) He's annoyed because the kids are spoiled. And yes, they are spoiled and they're really annoying. It's hard work, but it's not their fault. They're kids. Um, and, you know, the dad isn't around to, um put like to help her so what can she do if she's tired because she has to look after these 80 kids every day by herself and he's not around until you know like late in the evening I mean of course she's gonna give in and buy them shit if it helps shut them up like because she's fucking exhausted herself probably you know and overwhelmed so yeah, we got words of wisdom from the kids actually this episode, which which re- renewed my faith briefly in humanity. Um, the Gabriel, I think, is her name, the daughter. She's having a conversation with the dad at dinner, and she's like, said something like, "Your life is important, but your family is like supposed to be a little bit higher." Oh, my heart melted, and he was just like. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's not going to make any difference to his future, but his future actions. But, you know, and then the son, oh, my God, this little boy, he can't be older than, like, 
what, eight, he was amazing, so strong. And he was just like, you say that you're trying to be like a role model for me, but I don't really see that because you're not really around. (laughs) It's just like, yes, kid, high five to that. And Jennifer's loving this because this is shit that she's been telling her husband for years. And finally, the kids are just like, you know what, dad, you need to step up because, we, we, you know, you've, you're talking all this big game about looking after us and being a role model, but we ain't seeing it. So Jennifer thinks this will make all the difference to her kids. And I think not, but at least it's out there, you know. Oh, poor Jennifer. That's got to be really stressful. (sighs) So we have the conversation. We move on to Dolores and the contracting and go to see a house. And I don't, I don't know if this is a flipping house or what, because any of them, there's a renovation on my screen. I just tune out because I, so if I wanted to be watching house renovations, I'd be watching flipping out or house hunters or some shit. And that is not what I'm into. I want to watch bitchy, grumpy ladies drink wine and throw it at each other. And that's literally all I need in my life to be happy. I don't need to see people's homes get renovated. I It's boring to me. So anyway, this whole scene was just so that she could end up telling Frank Senior that she's ready to move out. And his little face... It was like, oh, like he sort of must have known it was coming after last the last week and the conversation they had. But yeah, I think it, it will be hard for him. Um, I, I like him a lot. I like their relationship. I don't want to move out. I don't want things to change. <laughs> oh, we get to wrap up this Melissa having an extra sister storyline thing. Um, she does some DNA tests, she yaks into this bloody tube, and of course, the results come back, and no, she does not have an extra sister. There's that storyline, dead in the water. Nobody cares. I mean, that was just all very weird. I get she was saying, like, I wanted to connect with my dad, blah, blah, blah. I get that. I also have a dead dad. But... I don't know. I mean, each their own. I can't, I can't, you know, really judge, but I am. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm in London for the same reason. Like my dad was British and he grew up around here and, you know, went to uni and school around here before we moved to Australia. It's really nice being around the accent and seeing places where, my dad went to uni and my parents met and all this stuff. It's a really, really is a nice way to connect to my father. But, um, it's, I just find like going to a psychic and being told that your father had a secret love child and then yeah, hacking into a little test tube to find out whether or not that's true. It's just a different kind of connection than um, I would go for personally. That's all I'm saying. It's just different. <laughs> but, you know, each to their own. <coughs> Excuse. We get into some party prep. Um, f- first thing we see is this tacky-ass money 
printed paper money with their faces on it. And Jennifer's just like, huh, that's weird. Okay. (laughs) Which is basically all of our reaction. I was just like, what (laughs) the fuck? (laughs) So weird. But you know what? I'm here for it, I guess. I'm not not here for it. Oh my god, we get to see her dress, we get to see the sweet 16. Look, I just had these flashbacks to my 16th birthday where I got drunk on two Smirnoff ices and like passed out by 10 o'clock. Um, then the rest of us, mean the rest of the party, meanwhile, all decided to jump on the trampoline and it was clearly too much weight for it because it then broke and bent to the ground. So basically a good night. (laughs) Things have not changed. (laughs) Except I no longer have a trampoline. Sad. Yeah, all very strange. Oh, yeah, it was um, Margaret and – no, it was Joe, Margaret's Joe – who was going to head in and count the 16 bathrooms just to be sure. I mean, like, if I hadn't just watched Lala Kent screaming about the fucking PJ and, you know, we don't have to pay for it on bloody VP, I genuinely think that Jennifer is the most obnoxious person I've ever seen on TV. But then Lala comes along and I'm like, you know what? Jennifer looks perfectly pleasant. (laughs) Yikes. We start to get the arrivals. Yeah, Jennifer looks insane, completely over the top. Um, Yeah, as mentioned, she looks like she's going to a 2006 graduation and I'm not into it. (laughs) Dolores is like, oh, I've never smoked a hooker. Marge is like, you never smoked a hooker. I don't know, it was just a little thing, but it tickled me. I like Marge's sense of humour. <laughs> she's pretty, like, sometimes she's really dry, and sometimes she's just, I don't know, she's, I just, she's my kind of snark. And I think she's quite quick-witted. Yeah, so Marge and Danielle, the uh, tensions start to rise. You can feel the heat in the room as soon as, Danielle arrives, or rather, the cold, like, what's it in, um, the Dementors in Harry Potter, it's like this deathly cold depression just sucks the life out of every room, and Marge, you know, saying that you gotta, you always kiss somebody before you kill them, and you know what, does she kill Danielle, oh, it got so good! So, oh, do we go there? Mm, yeah, it's kind of just like this simmering, like the like we're at the simmering level before it reaches boiling point. And Jackie says it right. She's like saying about Danielle, she ruins every fucking thing she walks into. So basically everything Danielle touches turns to shit fuck. I mean, obviously... That's why she had to disappear from the series for about seven seasons. And coming back, she has no emotional growth whatsoever. Sad for you. Where is, like, Teresa's lost her fucking marbles, thinking everyone else is in the Twilight Zone. 
oh my god, I just want to flick her on the forehead and shake her and be like, bitch, please, open your eyes. But, um, I don't know. I mean, Danielle is fucking terrifying when she sits down with Teresa and they have that chat. So maybe there's, like, maybe she has got something over her head. I don't know. Maybe Teresa still feels bad about the prostitution whore comment and she's just trying to kiss up to her. I really think it's just that Teresa is one of these people, like, she keeps saying, this is the thing she keeps repeating, is that nobody's going to tell me who to be friends with. And then she mentions, and this is the really telling part, she mentions that um, she'd fallen for it before and let the let the sisters, what are their names, Caroline, the Manzo sisters, um, get in her head so she, you know, couldn't, she thinks that that manipulated her opinion of Danielle at the start. And I think because of that, now she's trying to do a full 180 trying to convince herself that this is her true opinion, that she actually likes Danielle, or in actual fact, she's just allowing herself to be blinded and manipulated by Danielle. Oh, Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. I really don't know what to make of her. But yeah, the bubbling starts to continue. The simmering starts to get hotter. Suddenly Marty, I mean, is Marty not perfect for Danielle or what? Like, I know they haven't worked out such a charm, but Marty, like, picking this fucking fight with Joe, trying to start drama just to be on camera or just to, I don't know, for a little bit of personal entertainment. Like, he is just, he's just, he's the male version of Danielle. He's nasty and he's just being a wanker for being a wank. I'm like, fuck off. Please go away. You're lucky to even be on the show for half a second in the background. I want them to be together because, like, nobody else should be subjected to being in a relationship with either of these people. I guess the alternative is dying alone. I wish you all the best. Oh, terrible. So Joe and Marty go outside and this is where it kicks off. I was just so excited watching this. So good. So they both kind of want an apology and neither of them feel like they have a reason to apologize. So Marty gets back on this fucking train of thought saying shit about um, Marge being jealous of Danielle. Like, I mean... All of us regular humans know that that's the most ridiculous thing anybody could ever think. But he's saying that it's because she hasn't got Danielle's body. And Joe is like my new favorite house husband because he's just like, no, thank fucking God. And I could not love him more. He is so amazing. Like, he's just so into Marge. He's so, like, they're so into each other. She is his goddess, and they're just the cutest things. Like, you can tell he loves her and how sexually attracted he is to her. Plus, Marge is hot, and why do we... Like, what? Like all Marty is doing is... Uh, he thinks that he's uplifting his wife, or uplifting Danielle, by putting down another woman, but... He's not. He's kind of selling his woman as a piece of meat or arm candy, which he, I guess, thinks she is because, what, she's skinny? Uh, 
no. Just because she literally looks like... (laughs) This is so mean. This is all I thought when I heard that, right? I'm like, Danielle looks like a dry, shriveled up, overcooked piece of steak that's lost all its moisture with like two rocks stuck on top, which are the tits. I mean, it's, it's really an unhealthy look. She looks like she, when you look at her, you're like, she's had a rough life. You can see that she wears it in her skin. It looks like she's spent like too much time in the sun, but really, you know, that it's just like years of self-loathing and toxicity pouring out of every cell, gently poisoning her frame and withering her away to the piece of dried sinewy steak that you see before us. And on the alternative to that, we have gorgeous, voluptuous, juicy steak Marge. (laughs) I just love it. And I thought she looked sexy as fuck tonight. Um, those titties just spilling over that red dress. She looked smoking hot. Oh yeah, that was, that was all, I mean, that was just all really, I've written down as my description to Marty, two simple words, douche canoe, douche canoe, please leave. So, Marty's on this bandwagon, keeps saying that Joe is is emasculated by Marge and all this shit. And finally, they get close enough to the edge of the pool when Marty says it one more time and Joe's like, right. And into the pool he goes. And we all do a big high five and everyone rejoices. I was so fucking happy. I was like, ah! I watched it like five times on repeat because it just made my heart jump. I've never been more attracted to a man before in my life. I was like, yes, yes, yes. But what killed me even more is Marge and Joe walking off together to go home. (laughs) Marge, just this throwaway comment to Danielle. Your husband's in the pool. So fucking casual. Your husband's in the pool. And Danielle, what? Who threw my husband in the pool? And Marge just goes, me and my husband. (laughs) I was like, yes, hashtag couple goals. That's all I want in my life is to be that strongly in a couple that we're just like, you know what, Saz, we threw your husband in the pool because he was being a misogynistic, sexist pig. So you're going to have to go fish him out. Bye. And to both just have each other's back so strong. It just made me so happy. <sighs> Teresa's just generally completely lost her mind. I don't know what's going to happen at the reunion, but I'm excited to find out. I love reunions. I said that last time, like, them my favorite part of, of the whole series generally. I just love like all the, I love when like kind of the, the, the tension settles a bit and people have time to stew over things for a few months and then we get more of the backstory. I love all that shit. So I'm excited for that. Um, what else? Oh, Joe made me laugh. (laughs) 
Joe um, Joe Gorgart made me laugh when the belly dancer came out and he's just like, I love this culture. <laughs> and then he starts stripper dancing with the belly dancer and Melissa's just like, oh, that's my Joe. Oh, I love those two together as well. They're so funny. Melissa is just gorgeous. I think Joe's really sexy. But more than that, it's just really nice to see, like, he mentioned they've been together 15 years and they're still, like, so into each other. I love that. I mean, it happened with, like, we saw it with Brad Pitt and Ange. He even got bored of her for a while. And then he came around in an article this a few years ago and he's like, you know what? I'm living with the, I'm, I'm married to the most beautiful woman in Hollywood and I wasn't appreciating her. And so if Brad can, Brad Pitt can get bored of fucking Tomb Raider, I mean, anybody can get bored of anything. And these two are still going strong. And I honestly think they're just, I don't know, they're, they're, they're growing together. Like, obviously you're not the same person. Hopefully you're not the same person you are, you know, in 15 years, but I think they're really, really cute together. And let's keep it up. So we have those um, ending credits, those little, I don't know what you call them, those little snapshots with the, where you get the breakdown of each woman. So we found out that Marge got her facelift and it will be unveiled at the reunion. Um, I've seen some photos, just like a few little screenshots of her face at the reunion, but it's kind of hard to tell because she got that pulled back Ariana Grande ponytail anyway, which always, you know, it was what... Um, Shannon Badua was doing for a while and she was trying to yank her forehead back in order to look younger which you know all power to her I do it all the time but yeah um so we'll have to I can't wait I want to see it in moving image to get the full um full feeling of that new face but her mum's facelift looks phenoms so can't wait to check it out um Jackie Yes, is mending things with her sister. The biggest thing that came out of Dolores's uh, ending tagline thing was that she has a three-legged guinea pig. Hmm, that's adorable, and I want one. <laughs> I'm not like that into guinea pigs. I love animals, but they remind me of like they remind me of like a school pet kind of thing, or just like a giant rodent. Which is not so much against rodents. I really like little micees, but I don't love a rat. And it feels somewhere in between. It's like a giant hamster. Yeah, that's just my aside on guinea pigs. <laughs> Have you guys? Do you guys see? If you don't know what a naked mole mole rat is, Google that now. It's basically this animal that looks like a penis. It's this wrinkly pink thing that I think must grow in the dark, has no hair. It's super cute. It kind of looks like, (laughs) it kind of looks like Scott um, from Love After Lockup, Lizzie's husband or fiance with those two little front buck teeth. It's adorbs. Google it now. Um, Yeah, so we learned that Melissa had no sister Da. Jennifer's planning her wedding for her brother. Mm-hmm. And very sadly, 
Teresa and Teresa's um, screen grab, we find out that Joe will be deported to Italy. Well, like that's what they're trying to fight against at the moment. But who knows? I mean, it's it's probably going to happen. So I don't know. That's pretty heartbreaking. I think we get a little bit into more of that at the reunion as well. So looking forward to that and I guess discussing because she always said that if that was to happen, she'd get a divorce because she wants to stay here with the with the girls. But fuck me, like that's so hard for the entire family. Well, speaking of Teresa, I just saw on Instagram that Gia just turned 18, which isn't that as exciting for y'all, y'all Americans as it is for us Aussies because we are legal drinking age at 18, which is why most of us are alcoholics. But um, yeah, looks really cute. The cake looked like a cardboard cutout of a cake, but they both look super cute, so that's exciting. Um... Well, I guess that's that's me for today. I've talked enough and yeah, my little squeaky nose is still kind of probably very annoying to listen to. Um, so yeah, catch up with me on all the socials. I'm enjoying chatting to you on Instagram, reality TV and me is the handle. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's my music page, but I do post the new episode. It's um, when I when I put out a new episode, I do post it on there as well. That's the best way to keep up to date with when the episodes come out because I haven't got a regular day at the moment just because I am traveling all the time. So I never know when I'm going to be connected to Wi-Fi um, and when I'm going to be able to record in private and in peace. So it is a little bit annoying at the moment. I'm sorry that I don't have a specific day for you, but I do release at least one podcast once a week. So um, you can subscribe then you get the little notification when it when it comes out on all the platforms that you get your podcasts so itunes google play soundcloud spotify all the shebangs um but yeah keep up with me on insta at reality tv and me and on facebook if you like facebook.com slash kirsty more music that's kirsty with a y and more is double o because my last name what else? I'm a writer. I write about mental illness and chronic illness and heartbreak and love and loss and um, my experience with cancer and death and the family and stuff like that. So all the really fun stuff. Um, and you can read any of that stuff at gutterglitter.com or you can just go to my website, kirstenmore.com.au. So I think that's enough self-promo for one day. Um, if you was about to say, oh, all of the links I'll put in the, the show notes anyway. So you can just find me through there as well. And if you like the show, please rate and review because it really does help me get, um, help other people find the show and helps me feel less like I'm just talking into an empty void and actually connecting with people and making new reality TV friends, which is really why I do this, because I wanted to be able to connect to people more. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and I'll chat to you again next week. Bye, guys! <laughs>